Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. I'm Tim. And I'm Marshall. What's up, Marshall? Oh, not too much. We're, uh, it's a beautiful day, actually. It's, like, it's, it's been a pretty sunny winter. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. That makes all the difference. It really does. Yeah, that sunshine is nice. So, yeah, beautiful day. Uh, took Ayla out for a walk earlier, which was a lot of fun. Nice. And, uh, yeah, just like... Just a, yeah, doing good, man. Like Sweet. can't can't complain. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I'm good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever potty trained a puppy? <laughs> no. And then all the stress and the work that it takes to potty train a puppy. No. Have you ever potty trained eight puppies? <laughs> <laughs> Just take another sip of that coffee, Tim. Question 10. What does God require in the fourth and fifth commandments? These are big ones. They they are. I, I would say the first commandments, mm-hmm. as we talked about, those are sort of the thing that overarches everything. So, so not bigger in their degree of weight. Mm. But they are big in their degree of discussion. Sure. I would say bigger. Than last week. Than anything that we've discussed or will discuss. Mm. These, there's been some ink spilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I think there's a lot, probably a lot of unity amongst our listeners and what we discussed last week, apart from, you know, my radical view on the second (laughs) commandment. But but today we come to something that is, I mean, we're going to talk about things that are all over the map mm-hmm. on how this is interpreted, right? right. And I mean, you just got to kind of look over to the church down the street and they might have a different perspective on how to, how to handle some of this stuff. Um, or the same church. Or within the same church. By yeah. diff- varying generations. Oh, yeah. This has been handled very differently across generations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, even within families. My grandparents mm-hmm. had a different view than my dad did, different than what I have, and so it's yeah. a thing. Yeah, so the fourth, so let's so let's actually talk about what the fourth and fifth commandments are, because we've just been talking about them as though people know what we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. But the fourth commandment is to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. Right. And the fifth one is to honor your father and mother. Right. So the fourth commandment, um, I mean, this whole idea of Sabbath, keeping it holy, right, comes from Genesis. God rested after the six days of creation mm-hmm. and kind of set a pattern for a weekly rest. And yeah, but but in how we observe this Sabbath and in, in how we are to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, there are a whole lot of different answers to this question. Right. And, and I had a sermon on this just a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. And in that, I, I noted that in the, uh, in the Talmud, the Jerusalem Talmud itself, which is an interpretation of the law, practical applications for interpreting the law, that yep. was, is authoritative, right? Um, in, the, in the second, third century, there's a note made in that Talmud that says, 
this is a mountain dangling from a string hmm. because the Bible says very little about it, and we've got a lot of rules. Yeah. Right. The biblical. So the the string being the the biblical instructions on how the Sabbath is to be observed, mm-hmm. right? So that they can claim biblical authority. This is where it says, so do that. Um, but the mountain, the comparative mountain of all of the rules and interpretations of the cans and can'ts mm-hmm. is precarious Yeah. In, in retrospect. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And that is true in evangelism, evangelic Christianity as well. No, I agree. I agree. Now, with all that being said, we do know that Sabbath observance in the Old Testament was extremely important. Like it was like, yes, it, it could be a capital offense mm-hmm. to violate the Sabbath. Like right. they would just end you. Right. For 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 crossing that line. Right. Um, so, yes, it's a serious issue in the Gospels. We read of Sabbath controversies surrounding Jesus and his disciples. Passage you preached on a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago, for example, seems to be a big deal, right? Plucking heads of grain. Yep, yep. Not allowed, apparently, according to the Pharisees. But allowed, according to Deuteronomy. Yeah. Or healing someone's (laughs) hand. And the Jerusalem Talmud later (laughs) on. That was such a flash moment that they decided that it was wrong. Yeah. But everyone before or after has agreed to it. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like if someone you don't like does something then you're going to come up with a reasoning to to judge that like, it's to, wrong that yeah. it's wrong just because right. you don't like them right and it becomes <laughs> less about the thing and more about the ad hominem who did the thing yeah yeah it's like yeah. well you did it so it must be wrong right um yeah and so i would say like today within christianity or even within you know the evangelical branch of christianity there is a wide spectrum mm-hmm. of opinions on this that vary widely right um i mean there are there are there are some groups um maybe we wouldn't call them evangelical but like seventh day adventists like they hold to a saturday sabbath sure like nope we're gonna do that thing um because according to the calendar in the old testament Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah um but i i think this is a good point to inject that there is greater reason in the law for the observance of the law above the actual law itself. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. The principle that overshadow overshadows the letter mm-hmm. and that the letter is trying to point you to toward mm-hmm. understanding. Mm-hmm. Right? This is where we get into issues of where the law stands in the church. Right. Right. Because Jesus tells us very clearly, we're not doing away with this thing. I've come to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. Right. To read that as fulfill, meaning do away with, would be, you know, self-defeating statement. Right. Right. I've not come to do away with it just to do away with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so as Christians, we deal with this wrestling. Well, Well, what of the law? This is. I mean, even if we said, well, we're not bound to the law anymore because of grace and the cross, well, this is still something that matters to God, or he never would have said it in the first place. Yeah, certainly. So yeah. even even just on a relational basis, what do we mm-hmm. do with this? Mm-hmm. And and I think it's important us, for us to understand that Sabbath worship is not necessarily about a day of the week. Mm. 
and it's not about specific activities of do's and don'ts. Right. It is about finding, not finding, making time Mm. for holy rest. Right. It does benefit you in physical rest, Mm -hmm. but there are so many people that do the whole like, God knows what's best for us, and that's why he told us to take a day of rest. You need to take some time, and Mm. and it's about, it's like, like God is giving us this physical thing. Right. So that we can live better in our flesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not the thing. This is not strictly about recouping your flesh mm-hmm. so that you can live in the strength of your flesh as your flesh is renewed. It, that is a byproduct. Yeah, I don't think it's less than that. Right. right? It's, it's not less than that, but that's not its purpose. Right. Its purpose is worship. Right. The best thing I have ever heard about biblical rest Mm. was a man who said in a book that I read, it would have been handy at this point to inject the name of the book and the man, but I don't have it. That's right. Um, We don't rest because the job is done. Mm. We rest because there's more to do. Right. In the same way that you have a halftime in football, Mm -hmm. that everyone comes off the ice twice in a hockey game, mm-hmm. right? You're resting because there's work to do. Right. What we tend to do is to say, well, once I got it all done, mm-hmm. I'll take a break. Right, yeah. And and in that, what we're saying is it's dependent upon me. Mm-hmm. The principle is to say God is my provider, mm-hmm. and I will not be so caught in my own capacity to provide for me that I will fail to take time in worship mm. and physical rest, mm-hmm. even if it means jobs aren't getting done. Yeah. Because yeah. because that's the place that my worship and my dependence on God deserves. Mm. And so not observing some level of Sabbath is to say, I got this. Right. Yeah. Or God may not provide. Yeah. That's there, the big picture. There's been an interesting like cultural shift within the church, I think, over the last few decades that like I think we moved away from what might have been an unhealthy perspective of it that was common yeah, to agree. a different unhealthy perspective on 100%. it. One hundred percent. Yeah. So like I I you know, I I'm not that old, but I I still remember the days when everything was closed on Sundays. Yeah, right, so we moved from legalism to antinomianism. Yeah, exactly. That I think that that's really it, right? It was like, oh, how dare that person go see a movie on a Sunday or, right. or you know, go out for lunch or whatever it might be. Right. You can't go to the grocery store on a Sunday. Yeah. Because you have caused the cashier to sin. Right. Exactly. She's a, she's a sinner for being the cashier. Yeah. On a Sunday, and you're participating in her sin yeah. because you bought a sandwich. But now we swung to the other right unhealthy end of the spectrum where. People are, a lot of people anyways, are just not taking any kind of Sabbath rest whatsoever. It's not even a conversation. And like, and like Netflix and chill is not Sabbath rest. I'm sorry. Like there, there is an intentionality. Sure. That that's there. Right. So just because I, I might crash on the couch and watch an episode of some British murder mystery does not mean that in and of itself is a fulfillment of Sabbath rest in my life. Right. So while we're taking notes mm-hmm. and making our own evangelical uh, Talmud on, <laughs> on what is and isn't allowed, Netflix and chill is has been given a no. 
<laughs> well, right now, media and chill. Mm, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. No, I what I what I meant by that isn't that like it's a violation of the Sabbath to do that. It's just yeah. there. There is an intentionality of worship, Absolutely. as you were discussing, mm-hmm. that like that needs to be happening. Even laying on your back, staring at the ceiling, mm-hmm. being like, I am not participating in any semblance of a wrong thing mm-hmm. because I'm not moving or filling my mind with anything that would be <laughs> a distraction. Right. If w- all you're doing is laying there staring at the ceiling, still not Sabbath rest. Right. Because there's no intentionality or worship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in in some ways, like I've had people come to me and, and ask questions about this, be like, what about gardening? Right. I love on a summer day going out to my garden mm-hmm. and digging around the flowers. Pastor, is that a violation of the Sabbath? Does that still count <laughs> as my <laughs> Sabbath worshipful rest? Yeah. And And I think that there are a lot of people here who are listening to this that are going to be in a place where they're like, I need my list. Right. I yeah. need my list. I, yeah. The mountain's dangling from a string. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Give me the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, show yeah. me the path up this thing. Yeah. Uh, because I, I want for that. It, it feels too loosey-goosey and, and lost in the antinomianism, the, the there is no law, just do whatever you want, ignoring the scripture, feel to it if you if you don't go there. Mm-hmm. But we, we're not going to create law where the Bible yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Um. But so there has to be then a marker mm-hmm. that is more of an umbrella marker and not an issue of the details. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I, and, you know, it was interesting. My my, my mind kind of jumped to something uh, when you mentioned the the gardening example. Is that another way of saying I wasn't listening? No, I was. And, and I no, was, I'm I was with daydreaming. You, brother, I'm with you. I'm <laughs> with you. Um, no, but the whole gardening thing. Right. So if you're if you're the kind of person who's like cooped up. I'm just just thinking like just trying to trying to picture different scenarios where it it might be a good thing or it might not depending on your circumstance, right? Yeah. So if you're cooped up in an office five or six days a week, you know, underneath the you know fluorescent light bulbs, and for you being able to be outside and be in the garden is just this time of like appreciating and experiencing, you know, the beauty of God's creation. That could be a worshipful experience and act, and that might be beneficial to be part of your Sabbath rest. But like, if you're a landscaper and you're like, "Well, I want to pop a couple more cedars in because if I don't, you know, do it now, I'll have to, you know, work overtime on, you know, during the week mm-hmm. or whatever." Like, that's you, right? Like, and again, I, I'm not, tr- I'm not, I'm not in saying this. I'm not trying to make laws that way. I'm just saying like, there, there's a way in which like. Our different circumstances might impact the way that we pursue Sabbath rest. Right. And I would even say that same person who was in the office Mm -hmm. might want to ask the question of themselves. Am I gardening just out of the joy of participating in God's creation? Mm. Or am I going, listen, it's already May. And if I don't get these potatoes in, they're not going to be ripe in time. So we got stuff to do. Right. Right. Those are those are different mindsets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 the details. Here, here's the thing. You're always going to be able to scratch up. What ifs? Of course. That's why the mountain existed. Yeah. And still does. <laughs> the mountain is now it's a, a continent. Right. Um, 
and so for instance, right. there are travel restrictions for the Jews on Sabbath. How far can you go? Mm-hmm. Right? Because whatever. <laughs> there are travel restrictions. But if you're on a ship mm. and you can on that ship be traveling and having Sabbath rest. Right. <laughs> but you will likely travel further than you're allowed to travel because the law was written when on foot was the means of travel. Sure. So there are there is on this mountain a written exemption for traveling over water. <laughs> to which I heard a Jewish man talk one time about keeping a bottle of water under the car under his car seat because he's traveling over water, right? <laughs> sort of like in a half joking kind of a thing. But <laughs> oh, what that really great. but what that really shows cuz cuz it it's actually more than just it, it's not that funny, but it's more than a funny story. What it shows is the heart. Right. If you're trying to be like, well, technically I did the thing. Right. Then you're already wrong. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, the heart of it is to say, this is my gift and my offering and my time. Right. Spent. Mm-hmm. That emotional investment, right, mm-hmm. in, in that rest and worship. Mm-hmm. The two can't be separated, mm-hmm. and it's about the heart behind it. There is no appeasing God with him going, well, you're the sneaky one. You got me. <laughs> right? Right. Because the Bible, he, the Bible itself tells us over and over again, it's not about the sacrifice that I wanted. Right. Right? And, and in that passage that I preached that you alluded to, the snapping of the heads of grain, mm-hmm. Jesus says, you guys are always, often, co- bringing condemnation on the innocent mm-hmm. because you don't understand that. Yeah. Right? And so... So even in that gardening in the backyard thing, can the same person have entirely different motives and, and in it be right and wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. Um, which I think brings us to the question of what if someone just doesn't do Sabbath at all? Yeah, yeah. Is, what does that do to a person who is saved by grace through faith mm-hmm. in a post-cross faith? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the connections like there there are connections that scripture makes between Sabbath rest and resting in the completed work of Christ. Right? Yeah. There, there there are scriptural connections, I believe I want to say Hebrews 4 um is where it comes from. And of course, I can't find it in my notes. Oh yeah. Yeah, Hebrews 4. And so the idea being that Christ has brought about true Sabbath rest, right? The ability to truly rest in God mm-hmm. is is made possible through what Christ has done. Right. Um, if as believers we're failing to take advantage that of that in the way that we live our lives, you know, it's not this this mortal sin. This is not you know an unforgivable. <laughs> Mm-hmm. sin but this is this is going to rob us i think of some of the good things that god 
has for us the the joy and the peace that comes with resting in him yeah yeah i that's a great point right we talk a lot about salvation through grace and not by works mm-hmm. and how important it is for us to wrap our heads around that and mm-hmm. to stop trying to earn salvific favor of god mm-hmm. and and not practicing sabbath rest is trying to split the hair that is the whole being, the spirit and the flesh, mm-hmm. right? And saying, well, God is in charge of my spiritual well-being. I got to make the physical happen on my own. Right. Because we all know that God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's from Second Opinions. <laughs> Second Opinions, chapter three. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh so yeah, that's 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 trying to draw an unwarranted divide mm-hmm. between soul and flesh. And I think practicing Sabbath rest acknowledges my whole being is wrapped up in the provision of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and so <laughs> I mean, I think there are there are things we have to hold in tension when it comes to this subject. Sure. Within scripture, Mm -hmm. I think the weight of the command as it stands in the Old Testament is something that we already mentioned this. We shouldn't just glaze over. Right. Right. There's not this like hard divide uh, between Old and New Covenant. Mm -hmm. Right. In in meaning that we can't just look at Old Testament law and say, oh, well, that was for different people at a different time. and It means nothing to us. Right. Right. But we hold that tension. We hold that intention with passages like Romans 14. Mm-hmm. Right. That talk about people who observe different days. Right. And, and and those were probably holidays. I don't know if that was in direct reference to, you know, Sabbath slash on Lord's a Sunday or yeah, Saturday. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the idea being that, like, we hold these things intention, uh, intention, right? There's biblical principles about worship and rest. And we look at the words of Christ regarding the Sabbath. Right. Um the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so, I mean, we, we have to we have to hold on to these things as truths revealed in Scripture regarding this concept of rest. And then I think w- while we do that, then ask ourselves some questions. Right. About how, like, what that looks like. Yeah, and, and so I would say if you're— because we, we got to wrap this up. We yeah, I gotten, know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's me. I've been rambling over here. I've probably thrown like your notes all over the place. <laughs> I'm trying to. I mean, it's fine. Uh, I, I would say there are still people listening that are going to say, yeah, but what about this thing that I'm doing? Right. I would say look in the mirror. Ask yourself why you're doing the thing or why you're not doing a thing. And it will become self-evident. Mm-hmm. because you have the Holy Spirit within you to help you interpret that thing. And if you are sincerely approaching it that way, mm-hmm. you'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Ask for wisdom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, that's good. Um, Listen okay. to mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The part, part two of this podcast, which might be a little shorter than part one, is, yeah, honor your father and mother. This is one that... I think, again, for a lot of people, because a lot of family situations look very different. Right. Right? Uh, This is kind of one of those commands where immediately our brains go to what if, what if, what if. 
Oh, yeah. And I would say that this is the beginnings of the teachings on submission mm-hmm. to God-ordained authorities over us, mm-hmm. right? We can, for our own purposes, rethink what it means to be to have headship in a marriage right. because we chose who we married, governmental headship because we choose the country we're going to live in. Mm. Um, you know what? Mom and dad are pretty much God ordained for you. Yeah, you don't choose. They don't get elected. You didn't. You didn't have a role in that. <laughs> um, but the, these principles, I think, are going to go. They're definitely not. Again, not less than, but more than. They're not less than um, the submission to parents, mm-hmm. but it expands beyond that. Yeah, into the way that we also think about our boss. Sure. Right. Or or any other level of authority that God has placed over us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the reason like this command is or one of the reasons this command is so significant is because there is a sense in which those the the relationships we have with people in this life um, with with people who are in authority is symbolic i think or or similar in a sense to our relationship with god mm-hmm. right that he is he has placed these p- people in positions of authority and so our submission to them uh is submission to god right, right. understanding his sovereign rule the how he's worked things now immediately people are like well what if you know abusive parents non-believing parents like mm-hmm. i mean yeah like yeah, we get we get that. Right. <laughs> people that people that will presume uh this only means when the parents are doing right things. Right. Um which then if you say well, I don't believe that that's the case, right? Mm-hmm. It, when we see this in the New Testament, it's mm-hmm. parents stop bugging your kids and <laughs> causing them to act out because of the right. way you're treating them. Right. But kids obey your parents, right? It's yeah. it's all together. There's no so that they will or uh, if they do, then yeah. right, like they're they're together, but there's also a division. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not contingent upon each other. I guess was the best way to say what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so <laughs> there's no reason to presume this is only applicable for perfect parents, mm-hmm. um, which immediately throws people into the mm-hmm. well. Are you suggesting yeah. that a person deal with abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to let you handle it. I'm going to finish my coffee. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. You um, got four minutes. So I think it like we understand that like we we have various levels of authority within the world in which we live. Right. Right. And so parents exercise authority. But if they abuse that authority, there are ways to go to a higher authority to, to have that dealt with. I, I, that's the way I see it, right? Sure. That could be, that could be taking things to the church or the or the government authorities or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like honoring, see, yeah, and because we want to go to these extremes, we want to go to these extreme situations. But like, I think the much more real scenario that we really struggle with is like, what if the, it's just like, you know, it's it's not that severe. It's not like it's not like our, you know, the parents are extremely abusive or extremely neglectful they're just difficult to deal with right they're just like annoyed we get we're annoyed by them or 
or bothered by the way that they are or disagree with some of the decisions they've made, what, you know, what then? And I think honoring them does not necessarily mean agreeing with everything that they've done. You're able mm-hmm. to, you're able to, um, to disagree and still show someone honor. Yeah. You know, I, I think in a lot of ways, my answer for this is the same as number four. Mm. Just say, look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean the scripture, right? James, the mirror is the word of God. You look into the mirror and you see mm-hmm. yourself. And ask yourself the genuine question, why am I being dishonoring mm-hmm. or disobedient in this? Mm-hmm. And if you can ask that question genuinely, mm-hmm. then be obedient to the Holy Spirit within you. Mm-hmm. Is this self-serving? Is this my flesh being frustrated or done? Am I scared of what might come? Or am I genuinely wanting to honor them, mm-hmm. but what they are doing is endangering me mm. or asking me to be in opposition to my God. Mm. Um, now, just like the Sabbath, people are going to hear that and say, but what about my particular instance? This right. is my what if. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think, I think, take it, do do that. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't bear fruit, bring other people, God-fearing people, mm-hmm. into that conversation. Mm-hmm. Your pastor, uh, an elder, a, your associate pastor, <laughs> someone that someone that you know and trust who will right. know the Word of God, mm-hmm. know you, mm-hmm. and be sensitive to your circumstances, mm-hmm. so that they want what is best for you and most honoring to God, mm-hmm. which are the same thing, right? And work through it together. Mm-hmm. There, there's no hard and fast. Mm-hmm. If we try to make hard and fast and we try to handle every what if, we're going to end up with mountains dangling from strings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's not the intention of any of the laws, let alone these yeah. individually. Yeah. I think for me, like what I'm convicted of as as I reflect on this commandment is that when I find myself in situations where I'm struggling to show honor to my parents, because we haven't explicitly said this, but this obviously isn't just for children. Sure. Right. And, and right. It's in some ways, sometimes it's more difficult to properly honor your parents. Like sometimes things, mm-hmm. depending on the situation, it can be, it can be just as difficult as an adult. Um, but when, when I'm struggling to show honor the way that I ought to, Rather than always trying to justify that, try to find ways to remedy that. What is where? What's wrong in my heart? What where 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 do I need to change so that I am can faithfully honor mm-hmm. my parents um, and and just people in other positions of authority, right? right. And, and I think I think it's important for us to remember that those people in authority also have their own answering to God to do. Sure. And so if you want to say, when we look at the extremes, there's gradation of extreme. There are some where you would have to say, my heart desires to honor, to obey, but I can't. Mm -hmm. There are also times when you would say, well, that's the best they're going to do. They will answer to God for both. Right. 
our response is not contingent upon theirs. Mm-hmm. We are to respond as God has called us to. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's not always easy. No, no. Yeah, unless you got a mom like mine. Love you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've we're there. We we're there. We didn't actually read the answer the catechism gave. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> uh, fourth, that on the Sabbath day we spend time in public and private worship of God, rest from routine em- employment, serve the Lord and others, and so anticipate the eternal Sabbath. Fifth, that we love and honor our father and our mother, submitting to their godly discipline and direction. We haven't done this yet. I'm going to do it very quickly because I know that this I'm this is me blowing open a can of worms. Okay. And you're going to be like, no, we're already at 33 minutes. That's okay. I'm with you. Uh, we haven't yet said... I contest the answer that the catechism is given. Okay. I do contest this answer to a degree. Yeah. It says more than it needs to. I I think I'm with you there. It It is good that we publicly and privately worship God. Mm-hmm. That is a part of our Sabbath practice. It is not stated so explicitly in the fourth commandment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say... Roughly insinuated, yeah, or implied. I think even in the fifth, it, when it says submitting to their godly discipline and direction, what if your parents aren't godly at all? What if they're not God-fearing people? Period. I, I think the best <laughs> thing they could have done in this would just to have been quote the scripture. Yeah. No. I yeah. So this is our first our first kind of significant divergence divergence from yeah. And, and I would say I di- I diverge from the print diverge from <laughs> the principle of it. Right. Uh. But. When the question is, what does God require in the fourth and fifth commandments? Mm-hmm. They are requiring more than those commandments state. Mm. Mm. And that is questionable. Yeah. Yeah. Well. That's you, how mountains are made. If you didn't, if you didn't, th- yeah, right. If you didn't think we were ever going to disagree with this document, yeah. you forgot we were Baptists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. Next time. Take care, everybody.